Welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. Today is our first episode of December and uh, it's episode six and, <clears throat> excuse me, still uh, fighting a little bit of that cold. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people have been doing that lately. And just to give you a heads up, yes, there will be some um, some uh, ads that have been um, put on the beginning and the end of the episodes. Um, I, I know some people don't like them, but um, uh, it just is what it is with things like this. Um, with these things going on, um, I appreciate any type of uh, listening. Um, if you are a first-time listener, uh, please, by all means, let other people know. Uh, go to our Facebook page, which is uh, All Things Erie, and, and that's Erie with three E's. Please let your friends know. Go to uh, podbean.com and uh, and listen to the other episodes. There's five other episodes plus a couple mini-sodes, which I'll be adding uh, some other mini-sodes. If you would like to have a mini-sode done, um, if you know about a case or something like that that you would like to be, um, that you would like to have done, um, please leave me a message. And you can leave me a message at m.me forward slash all things eerie. Again, eerie with three E's and uh, let me know and we can certainly get that um, on the air and um, you can have a shout out done and um, we would be more than happy to have it done um, and again please like our page we would love to have some um, comments feedback done and um, that all being said getting all of the uh, uh, all the fun stuff out of the way, uh, we're going to step right into what our episode is about, which is uh, the uh, darker side of Christmas. And um, Christmas next to Halloween is one of my favorite times of the year, even though fall is my favorite uh, time of year, it, even though it wreaks havoc with my immune system. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are like that because of the ups and downs of the uh, pressure system and stuff like that. And Erie is um, uh, definitely better than what Dayton was because they called it Sinus Valley for a reason, um, uh, especially during the spring season. Uh, if you were allergic to the um, cottonwood, there were certain places you definitely could not go without it looking like it was snowing all year long. Um, but uh, Erie is definitely beautiful, um, but it is one of the snowiest places in the area, and there are several cities, uh, Erie, Buffalo, and Cleveland, that vie for the um, Snow Globe trophy every year to see who can reach 100 inches of snow. And my theory is, is go ahead keep it we don't want it it can snow up until Christmas and then be done but we know that's not going to happen um, the thing about the snow up here um, 
you yes you get a lot of it but it's not as cold as it was in Dayton Dayton it would get so bitterly cold but you didn't get the snow that came along with it um, the thing is with certain cities south and when I mean south I mean like south of here um, if you get X amount of inches they close the city down because they don't have that kind of um, municipal help to clean up the city um, for example Dayton if you got three inches of snow um, they closed the schools and um, I lived on uh, one of the streets that was a um, an emergency snow route so just one street would be open and that was actually one of the uh, streets where the uh, school was on and um, not the school but the um, the administration building and um, even even though it wasn't that bad for those of us who lived in Pennsylvania for three inches for us is that's you know a uh, a dusting and um, that's also something that you don't tell your employer um, because you're the one that ends up picking up other employees and you're the one that gets to take them home um, uh, it just sucks a lot um, I'll be honest with you um, even with ice storms and things like that because you end up looking at people going what 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 are you doing you know I, I mean it's just you just slow down I mean that's the whole thing with driving in snow and a lot of people for whatever reason they just don't think that they have that thought process you just slow down but they speed up and they think they can stop on a dime in snow but in rain they go like five miles an hour I I don't know anyways that's my rant about snow yay um, but the thing with snow is it gets you into the Christmas spirit and I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to that I mean I sub for the school, local school up here and um, today we're supposed to get some snow and so so far knock on wood um, I'm not working and um, and of course I say that and I'm looking for my phone to make sure it doesn't ring and uh, I get called in um, but uh, the darker side of Christmas you know you don't think about that because when you think of Christmas I mean for me you think of decorating trees baking cookies because as a matter of fact we just did that with our granddaughter um, you know we baked some chocolate chip cookies and snickerdoodles which I baked for the first time and I thought they were a lot harder and they weren't um, you know um, and some sugar cookies which for me baking sugar cookies you know and then the sugar cookies that you get in the store which they're like cake sugar cookies which are like the most awesome sugar cookies ever um, <clears throat> I still have to learn how to make those and I'm 45 and I still haven't learned how to make those you know I, I mean I think of that and then you know going to your going to your family's house for you know or whatever relative and, and and enjoying that you know close family or friends you know um because some some people can't get back for the holidays you know or you know like for our military and stuff like that they, those are that close camaraderie that they have and um 
I'm watching children open gifts. Um, you know, to me, that's what the holiday season's about. And in the last episode, I talked about how, you know, uh, how Christianity, when it first started, it encompassed, you know, in certain territories, how it, how it would take over um, and absorb certain customs and, gener and or generalize the version of that, that custom. So people would, um, they would um, convert in, for, to Christianity and um, no longer be considered pagans. Um, but again, knowing that there was a darker side to Christmas and believe it or not, it's, um, not all Christmas trees and sugar plums and fairy, sugar plum fairies and, uh, fresh baked cookies. Uh, today I'm going to talk about the Christmas monsters. And yes, there was monsters that are attached to Christmas. And these creatures were used to keep children in check and not just like the boogeyman, these, these monsters, um, you know, were supposedly, you know, hanging out with the big man himself, Santa Claus. And, um, you know, or, you know, if he wasn't called Santa Claus, it was St. Nicholas, Chris Kringle, or Pils Nickel. Um, and the first one that we're gonna talk about is Krampus. Um, and he's from the Austria uh, Central Europe area. Uh, Krampus resembles a demonic god, goat-like person who um, punishes misbehaving children. Um, he will rip out girls' pig's tails, pigtails, ponytails, and beats children with birch branches and often carries a basket on his back so he can carry off a child of his choosing and consume them for Christmas dinner. Now, some of you might know this character from watching um, uh, American Dad when the character, the, the, the son uh, character is out of control for Christmas when he just uh, is like, I want this, I want that, Steve the the boy and uh the the father uh is uh talks to goes to the prison and talks to his father and is <laughs> asks him what he can do about his son and he and the father is talking about this this cauldron that was that's supposedly in their basement and steve goes down there and he opens this cauldron and krampus comes out and then they find out that Krampus actually isn't a bad guy. But <clears throat> needless to say, that is an example exactly who Krampus is. The 5th of December is Krimpsnock. Uh, I probably butchered that. Krimps, Krimp Nurksnock. The night where men in homemade Krampus costumes charge around Alpine villages with pitchforks demanding booze and threatening strangers. Now, giving anybody who is extremely drunk pitchforks and allowing them to run rampant around anywhere, drunk as shit, is not a good idea. So, and there was just, uh, this morning I was on Facebook and I was watching uh, the Krampus run in a village. And um, they were running around with balls of fire attached to chains running through this village dressed as Krampus. Yeah, that's what it was. 
So as a child watching this, if you don't know that this is, you know, what this is about, that would scare you straight for pretty much about anything. How we tell our kids, you know what, I'm going to call Santa if you're not behaving. This is where they're telling kids, you know what, if you're not behaving, forget about Santa. We're just going to give you over to Krampus over here. And these people are dressed as Krampus, who looks like a demonic goat, and is running around with balls of fire attached to a chain and running down a street drunk as crap. Um, yeah, I don't know which one you think of, um, but I think I'm going to be way more afraid of freaking Krampus than I am of mom and dad calling Santa. Fuck Santa. I'm going to be fucking afraid of Krampus over here. Yeah. I mean, people were fucked up. Um, actual monsters from hell would probably have caused way less destruction than these people dressed up as Kramp as Krampus. I'm seriously, because giving this these people the 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 ability to run rampant, drunk as hell through these streets, and yep, go right ahead. You're gonna do this. We're gonna step back. Go ahead, run riot. I mean, that's that's just a, a recipe for, you know, stupidity right there. Oh, and I mean, this was. It, I mean, this was this. It came into the peak around the 15th and 16th centuries, and it, the Krampus. I mean, it's grown over time recently, especially in the 19th century when Christmas cards. Uh, became a really big thing back then <laughs> and there was um, and I'll put it online I, I, I have photos of it um, there's a greeting card and in um, it says Gras von Krampus and it's greetings from Krampus and I mean people actually sent each other these cards I mean I and I can see them coming back I mean for Christ's sakes we have greetings greeting cards um, and I actually gave one to my boss when she had surgery um, saying, you know, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I mean, your your doctor saw your butt naked while doing surgery. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong. How, how could this be any worse? You know? Um, and, I mean, these Krampus runs have even spread to America. Um, and since 2013, there have been several films that have, um, have, uh, uh, have, been about Krampus, um, and um, I mean, there's they haven't been that great, but I mean, it's coming around. I mean, again, like like we said about the last episode, the um, the older ways are coming back because people are reaching for something. They don't know what they're reaching for, but they know they're reaching for something. And for whatever it is, whether it's Christianity is not doing it for them, they're looking for something. They don't know what they're looking for, but they're looking for something. Um, now, in Norway, there's Lucy. Um, in Norway and Sweden, the 13th of December is St. Lucy Day, Lucia. And St. Lucia is representative, represented as a uh, beautiful young woman and um, on occasion is marked by a young woman in a white sash representing a saint roaming the streets 
with a health and safety officer because she herself has a crown with lit candles on her head. So they have to be careful that her hair does not catch on fire. Um, the, uh, so, I mean, she obviously has to be extremely careful. Um, Norway and um, celebrated uh, Lucia uh, in, in a very different form. Uh, the night before the 13th of December, uh, Lucy's night, um, was when evil spirits and demons rose up to wander the earth and children needed to be good and the adults warded off evil by protecting their homes with the sign of cross. And Lucy was portrayed as um, a hideous demon with tyrannical powers. And she rode through the skies on a broomstick accompanied by demons um, and evil spirits and trolls spreading mayhem and chaos um, by destroying property, crops, and livestock. Um, she would even kidnap um, and kill anyone foolish enough uh, not to be tucked up safely in bed. So um, she was uh, particularly uh, cruel there. Um, there was, there's also another story pertaining to that, um, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that later on. Um, and another one is Karakonkols. This is in Bulgaria and Turkey and Serbia areas. Um, this is generally portrayed as a cross between the devil and Sasquatch. Um, so imagine the how you would portray a devil, which is a horned demon with hooves, who's extremely freaking hairy and huge. I, I mean, I mean, I guess a cross between a hairy, a hairy ape-like man with goaded feet and horns. I mean, I mean, this is, this is something that they, that they, that they believe in. And, um, he would, uh, stand on street corners during the winter nights and, um, he would have riddles for people who pass by. And if the traveler gave an answer, and that answer had to include something with the word black, and they, and if they did it, they were free to go on their way. If not, he would strike them dead with a single blow. Because this, this guy was, I mean, he was just like, all right, it had to be the way it had to be. If not, fuck it, you were gone. Um, Elsewhere, the Caraconcoloso, Colo, Colos, uh, his favorite trick was to disguise their voice to pretend to be someone's friend or relative. Um, and then they would lure their victim out into the snow. Um, or they would, uh, they would uh, put that person into a trance and lead them to roam free. Now, this was in Serbia. They would be out in the snow roaming around, um, which obviously is a very cold and desolate area in some places. Um, so they would die of frostbite. Um, but their favorite, absolute favorite thing to do was jump on the victim's back and use them as a way to get around. They would use them like a taxi. Um, and then the exhausted person was only released at dawn. So they, 
they just use them as like a leech. Um, but if you invited the caraconcloso uh, into your house, they would that they would feel compelled to imitate their host's behavior. So if you set fire to a to silk or thread, the caraconcolos would be tricked into setting fire to its own fur and would run from the house screaming to find water. That would be the only way you could get rid of it. All right, now on to Greece. The Kali Cantazaro um, is a group of demons and they were said to spend the year underground sawing through the tree of life. Now you kind of kind of think you can see this because of uh, the um, the group of gods and how they represented everything. <clears throat> but each December, just when there would be just a single thread that held the tree together, the 12 days of Christmas would compel them to come above ground and wander the earth. <laughs> And when they would return, and when they returned in January, the tree would have repaired itself, and they would have to start all over again. But once they were above ground, they caused mischief and chaos. But above, all they sought to steal was any child born over the twelve days of Christmas, and they turned them into fella Kelly Ken Kelly Kenzaros. However, they could be kept at bay away from the, ha away from the newborn babies um, by binding them into straw, by binding the newborns in straw and garlic. Or you could stop them from uh, getting into your house by placing a colander outside the door. The Calican sorrow could be compelled to count the holes but because the number three is holy in Greek, they would fail to count that number and would have to start over again. So every time they would count that, those holes in number, they would go one, two, and they could not say the number three. So they'd have to go back to one, two, and they'd have to keep going back again. This would occupy them until sunrise when the house would be safe until darkness fell again because it's kind of like fairies and leprechauns like leprechauns supposedly if you throw salt down they're compelled to count each and every single grain of salt um and it's just what they do yeah i mean because they're very powerful there's nothing that you can do i mean that, that was on an episode of um supernatural one of my favorite one of my favorite shows it, it, they, there was nothing that they could do to to thwart this this leprechaun and but the lady had told them at the very beginning if you throw down salt or sugar they are compelled to count every single grain of salt or sugar and no matter what they did with this leprechaun they couldn't fight him and then finally they just threw this all down and it and and they they looked at it and they were like oh, one two, three, and they just looked at each other like, what the hell? Why didn't we do this sooner? Ugh, the little things in life, right? Now, then we come to Frau Percha. This is in Austria and parts of Germany and Italy. In, pre 
in pre-Christian, now remember, pre-Christian traditions, Perta was an, was an alpine goddess whose particular celebration day coincided with Twelfth Night. And <clears throat> after pre-Christian religions were displaced, she instead became a demonic witch who stalked villages, punishing anybody who, um, who dared to displease her. Now remember, she was a goddess before Christianity and then a witch after. So if it didn't suit their purposes, it was not okay. If it, if it was with them, it was good. If not, bad. Um, sometimes she appeared as a mischievous, disheveled old woman, um, or she appeared, or her appearance would depend on how you perceived her, or if you, would have, or if you had pleased her. If you were faithful, um, her ritual uh, and observed her rituals, Persia would appear to you as a woman of divine beauty. If you angered her, um, she would appear as a demonic horn monster with a ferocious bloodlust. But for the most part, she would let you be as long as you followed her rituals, um, and she would. Um, on that night, on Perch's night, um, if you uh, ate the traditional meal and uh, made the special cakes baked in her honor. But if you failed to do those things, she would sneak into your room while you slept and slit your throat, or slit your belly open and replace your innards with pebbles and straw. On the following day, the person who found your uh, corpse would just assume you had died in your sleep because they would not see the straw and the pebbles. They would just assume that you had died. All right, now, the I'm gonna skip ahead to the last one because I'm gonna go back one after this. It's Jola Jokortir. It's the Christmas cat in Iceland. Jola Kotorin, um, the Christmas cat. Um, this goes along with the Yule, law, the Yule lads. Okay, uh, the Christmas cat was kind of added on um, with the Yule lads um, because the Christmas cat is their pet. Um, and he's a very terrifying creature that if when you think Christmas cat, you think this fluffy little kitten that has a little bell around its neck and has a little Santa hat on and, you know, just is this little kitten. No. Um, the, the Christmas cat appeared in the 19th century. Um, because it seemed to be an add-on with all the stories with the Yule Lads. Um, it's actually this huge, ferocious beast of a cat with like razor-like whiskers and blazing eyes and these horrible, terrible claws um, who consume children who did not receive new clothes on Christmas Day. Um, and that's their whole reason the cat is around is because 
and they eat children because they did not receive any new clothes. It could be just a pair of new socks. As long as they receive those new socks, they're good. I mean, it, it comes down to um, uh, that whole thing. Um, in a 1932 Icelandic poet, Jans Jörkotum, uh, wrote a book of the Christmas poems for children that, much like Clement Clark Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas in the U.S. or Dickens' A Christmas Carol in the, US, in the U.K., enshrined the Christmas traditions for future generations. I mean, that's how ingrained this, this thing is in, um, in the Icelandic region. Um, he also tells of the, the Yule Lads and, and the official version, um, he has a very playful but macabre uh, poem about the Christmas cap and the ferocity, ferocity, how ferocious it is and the terror that it inspires in people. Um, I mean, but I mean, if you think of the Christmas Carol, um, it's not exactly a, a warm-ish, you know, book. I mean, it's about a mean old miser that, you know, pretty much gets his in the end, you know, but he, he is, you know, he finds his way in the end. But going back one, the, the, the Yule Lads, they are, um, they're creatures that serve as metaphors for surviving the horrors of winter in the Icelandic region. <clears throat> and obviously it's a lot tougher than say here in Erie or the some of the Arctic areas and say like maybe Alaska. Um, and it's, um, it's not surprising how most of its creative mythology. Um, <coughs> it's about the, the 13 Yule Lads visit houses um, and it's one Yule Lad a day. So they don't come all at once. Um, and they start between the 12th and the 24th of December. And now they're depicted as tricksters, um, each one with their own unique form of mischief. And I'll go down and um, the list on what their names are. And I'm not even going to try with their Icelandic names because, I, as you saw, I butchered a lot of names today. Um, we have the sheep coat clod, gollygock, stubby, spoon licker, pot scraper, bowl licker, door slammer, sky gobbler, uh, sausage swiper. He's pretty much you can pretty much figure out what he does in a lot of a lot of them. Window peeper, doorway sniffer. That's pretty much gross right there. Meat hook and candy beggar. Now, some of them, you would think that, hey, those are kind of cute names, you know, like stubby, spoon licker, pot scraper, bowl licker. 
door slammer. But it used to become a game in the stories that they told about these 13 Yule Lads. And the game was how much more of a horrible story could they add on to these Yule Lads. Not on the first night that Sheep Coat Claude came in and he stole the, the coat of the sheep and took it to farm over here to warm up the farmer's wife. No, they told stories of rape, murder, um, theft, everything. Anything that you could think of, they told these stories and they added on to them. And it became a contest. So much so that they actually got to the point where they actually banned telling these stories because they got so horrendous. Could you imagine at some point somebody saying that you could not retell the story of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol? Because how many movies have been made about A Christmas Carol? <clears throat> you have George, George C. Scott's um, portrayal. You have, um, there's like a 1932 version. There's uh, a Mickey's Christmas Carol. I mean, granted, they're all basically the same. They stick to it. It's just a di different version. But people, like I said, they made a contest out of these to take this one step further to see how much more horrible they can make these Yule ads. And like I said, they got to the point where the government stepped in and said, well, we're done. These stories are so horrible and so horrendous. You have to stop. You can't do this anymore. And they, um, they even, I mean, when I, when I started reading about this, <coughs> excuse me, um, I, I actually was just going to um, uh, do one podcast about the Yule Ads and because they also talk about the mother, uh, Gryla, and um, who she herself is an ogress and um, who, became, who uh, started out as a, an oral account with um, the earliest written references found in the 13th century and historic um, sagas and poems throughout the region. And um, uh, I'll read a little bit of here comes Gryla down the field with 15 tails on her while another one describes her as down comes Gryla from the outfields, outer fields with 40 tails a bag on her back, a sword or a knife in her hand, coming to carve out the stomachs of the children who cry for meat during Lent. Now, those are actual um, excerpts that were, that were in the um, 
the source that I used from, it was the Smithsonian Magazine um, online about that. And, and she, she even has a husband in these accounts, which apparently he really doesn't do much, um, but just that he, she has a husband. But again, it's one of those things where you're just like, where is all of this, you know, how, how does this even come into someone's imagination? And when you think Yule lads, you think that these are young boys, but they're not. They're, they're like the dwarves from seven, the seven dwarves from Snow White. They're old men. And if, and part of the, part of it is if you don't do what they say, they'll kill you. And when you're a child and you're being told this, and I can just imagine, you know, growing up and, you know, everybody has their own quote unquote boogeyman, but at Christmas time, you're being told that if you don't do what the Yule lads say, that they will, they'll take you and they'll kill you. And, and one is, you know, a window peeper, so he's a peeping Tom. The other one's a sausage swiper, and you know, one, one is, you know, his nickname's Stubby, Door Slammer, Bulldogger, Gobbler. And again, they if, to get an idea in your head of what they look like, and 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 like I said, I'll post it online on on some pictures of them. And granted, I mean, if and I'll even post a picture of what you know, the, the idea of what the seven dwarves look like. I mean, they, they, they kind of remind you of the seven dwarves from Snow White, but there's 12 of them and you're supposed to do what they say or what they want, or they kill you. You know, could you imagine that as a little kid? And, you know, some of them are, you know, supposedly rapists, murderers and you know thieves and you're being told these horrible horrendous stories as a child and yep you better do what they say or they're going to do this or they're going to do that and you better be a good little boy or good little girl or this is going to happen to you okay all right now i'll be good i swear you know again maybe I'd rather have Krampus than these guys, you know? I mean, at least maybe I won't get mutilated or raped, you know? It's hard to say, but again, the, these are, these are their, their traditions. So, and were handed down, but like I said, and I want to say the late 18th century, early 19th, that it was, it was declared that they could not tell these stories anymore because they were so horrendous at, because of the competition that they made with each other. So, but that being said, it, it was very, very interesting on, um, on the darker side of Christmas because that's not what I think about when I think about Christmas. I think about decorating the Christmas tree, which we did this past weekend, um, you know, and 
that was done with my granddaughter and anybody who has small children know that it's you know it's not done you know the way you want it you know when there's a toddler touch there's all kinds of decorations in one spot and you know even when they can get up on a, a space and they can move things around you get like 20 decorations in one area you know and you don't move it because that's that's their touch to it that's their personal touch but the last thing that you do is you tell you don't tell them about the 12 Yule ads or Krampus or anything like that, you know, I mean, that would just scare the shit out of them. You know, they'd look at you like, what the hell did I do to you? So, but I hope you enjoyed our, uh, our darker side to Christmas next week. Um, it's going to get us back into murder. Um, I might do a mini so this week. Um, not not quite sure. It just depends on how much time I have. Um, and uh, maybe a throw in a um, a little mythology in there and see where it takes us. Um, again, if you enjoy the show, please let your friends know. And if you want to leave us a message please visit our facebook page it's uh fb.me forward slash at all things eerie eerie with three e's uh you can leave us a message at m.me forward slash all things eerie again eerie with three e's um podbean.com i look forward to anybody leaving us a, a message again this is just stepping into it this is episode six and um, I, again, am just starting out. And if there's anything that you guys um, have questions about or anything like that, or you know that you've noticed or anything, please be, please be kind to me because I am just starting out. Um, I know that some podcasts do the same things um, around the same time of the year. Um, I try to try to do things differently. I'm trying to do different murder cases. Um, um, I do listen to other podcasts and um, again, try to do things differently. And um, but again, if you are enjoying this, please let me know. Please, please let uh, leave a message. Um, this is Kathy signing off.